Thanks for joining us again on the Blue Baggers podcast after a gut-wrenching loss to the Port Adelaide Football Club at Metricon Stadium Sunday. Boy, it was a hard result to take. I'm Chris and I'm joined by my co-host Andy. But before we start, Andy, happy birthday. Thank you, it's Chris. It's the one-year anniversary of the Blue Baggers podcast. It's a happy anniversary, not happy birthday. It's a birthday, our first birthday. Birth first of the podcast. Yeah, or it's a first, first anniversary together. Which one, <laughs> clearly you like that one better, yes? <laughs> I do. I, I do like that one. Well, happy anniversary. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. So one year today? It was yesterday, I think. We're close oh, enough, wow. though. And we've done now 20 episodes or 21 episodes. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not sure. 2021, but you're on the money. Yeah, it's been been really good. It's been a great learning experience with technology and, and things like that. Uh, we're still struggling the last 45 minutes trying to uh, work out how we do this over the phone with dodgy internet and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've had a few challenges it's been, it's been good. our way. We have, but it's it's been a, a lot of fun. And like like you said on our first one, we we started doing this because our partners were so sick of us having three-hour phone conversations every couple of days about Carlton. So we thought we might as well just do a podcast and hopefully people enjoy it and listen and and here we are and the beauty is we get to talk on the podcast but we also have those three-hour conversations anyway yeah wrong they were (laughs) we probably talk more about carlton now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it did but it's been really it's been a a lot of fun and uh, i think this will be a good good podcast because it was a a very close and and like you said gut-wrenching game on sunday a real real difference to when we win the Sunday night the week previous that set up the week um, Sunday for me was absolutely ruined yeah the early amazing start. what a week can happen crazy isn't it yeah and look I'm glad we're not doing this we always take a bit of time after the game so we can you know if we want to rewatch certain parts of it or or more just to gather our thoughts or gather our emotions but it's been kind of good watching I've, I've rewatched the last quarter today which You're is a brave man yeah it was it wasn't wasn't great to do and I, I didn't enjoy it and knowing what was going to happen at, in those last few seconds after the siren but I really wanted to see what went wrong and kind of get a bit more of a kind of analysis into into what happened in, in particularly in those last kind of 55 seconds to a minute did you pause it before the ball went through I didn't watch it I, I as soon as Gray took the mark I turned it off yeah fair Smart. I didn't watch it again I've seen enough I've seen enough highlights uh, to last me a lifetime in the last couple of days and like you said it's we're going to see that highlight for a long time to come and it, I hate hate seeing it when we're on the other end of it yeah and we have been on a few of those and I can't remember too many that uh, we're on the winning side well do you know the one that still gets played is the the Peter Riccardi goal after the siren Geelong versus Carlton where Simon touched, Wiggins touched, touched on the yeah, mark exactly floated through and we still get the Stephen Kernahan one against against Essendon in 93. Was it 93 when he had to kick it behind to, to win the game? Out of bounds on the full. And out of bounds on the full for a draw. We've, we've had a few shockers, but we've also had a, a few good ones. So and there was that Favola one against Hawthorne, was it? Where it looked like it was going through and then all of a sudden just took a U-turn. And we yeah, lost. that's right. That's right. But we've also had that great Favola one against Adelaide. That's one of the great goals ever, wasn't yeah. it? When he was kicked it inside out almost from that pocket. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, so moving right, on to so the game, let's Andy. Talk, yeah, let's talk about the game. If you're feeling, you know, a little frustrated, a little angry, trying to get over it, are you looking at it from a glass half full or glass half empty perspective? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. It's I thought the game it's been very much how our season's gone. These close games and you know, we're lucky last week that we actually had a game that we could run out. I'm really happy with certain aspects of the game and I think I just think that our football talent is there. It does concern me that these close losses just keep happening and it, it makes me wonder, you know, is it inexperience or do we just not have what it takes to to really win those close games? And we've seen it this year where we've we've won a couple of those ones where arguably if the game went for a couple more minutes, the opposition team was in in the driver's seat. So it's very frustrating to see that we couldn't hold on to a lead with a minute to go. But I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit more. So I'm, I'm really on the fence because I'm really happy with the football we're playing. But I think there are lapses in concentration and, and maybe composure that's that's costing us. I think this game's a really split blue supporters. Half are filthy that the game was there to be won, the four points were lost. And the other half are just looking at it going, well, we've played the latter leaders who are in very good form push them probably should have won or really should have won and we played pretty well for most of the game but it's really sort of divided Carlton supporters from what I've seen yeah it has and I think watching the fourth quarter again and there were so many opportunities Port had to seal the game and they missed goals that they you know nine times out of ten would have kicked but yeah it's still you know we missed a few really easy ones Casbolt nearly taking off the top half of the post uh, earlier in the game and we, we, we had we had some missed opportunities so yeah we need to win those games and I think if we are assessing this season they're the, and looking at the end of this season we, that's they're the games we need to, to win because we've always kind of struggled to, to ma- maintain composure near the end of games when it's close Before the game we set out a tweet you haven't seen this one yet but the question is sort of asked we put out there do we take the next step to legitimacy what are your thoughts to that? Because I thought we'd have an answer by the end of the game, and I'm not quite sure. Well, I think kind of discussing whether I'm half full or half empty and that kind of, I'm not sure. I think if we won, that would have been a great step in the right direction. And like I said, some of the footy's been, been great. I'm happy with that. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. We're not legitimate yet, though, no. Yeah, and I think that question probably carries over to the upcoming week against North Melbourne. We'll have a fair idea whether we are or not a team that's traditionally hurt us and we've not yep. played well against. So do we bounce back and get the win or do we show effects from having a, another close loss? We said in the in the post-Bulldogs game leading up to the Port game that this was a huge game for us to win. That was the big kind of thing. Could we back up yep. and, and, and win two games? And we haven't. And now we're asking the same question again for Skips another week. It rolling on, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So We don't yeah, have an answer it, it, yet, do we? No. And not, well, I don't think... Until we can start winning games consecutively, I just don't think we can really answer that question because one week on, one week off isn't quite kind of cutting it for me, to be honest. All right, so we're talking about the game. Let's address the elephant in the room right now Mm. and another uh, discussion point amongst Blues supporters. Come the last, what, 50 seconds, Gibbons has a ball in hand. Does he make the right play, kicking the ball down the line? What are your thoughts? To be honest, I thought it was the right thing to do. It's again. We always complain about what, how we can actually view the ground with the broadcast, and we couldn't really see if there were any other players on, or you know, did he have the opportunity to kick backwards or a short kick into the into the midfield? He, he kicked it as far as he could along the Boundary. along the wing um, to Mackay, Casbolt, and Pitnet. So I, I think 
it's a pretty decent kick and a smart kick when you're kicking to players that are some of the best contested marks in the game. So I think Gibbons did the right thing there. And but we don't have that opportunity to see what what other options are on. But I'm I'm tipping he didn't have much on at that point because it was pretty kind of congested in that in that midfield area. I agree with you. At the time, I was supportive of what he did. He held the ball for a bit, waited until the tools got there. They got there. He kicked it as far as he could, kept it close to the boundary. What would otherwise be a generally safe play? I've looked at the replay again, just that moment, to see because you know as as you said. The coverage doesn't provide that you know, footage to show us that. So I looked at his eyes to see whether they darted, whether his head turned back to look for options. I don't reckon they do, and that's possibly the only thing I'm a bit critical of. And he possibly could have held the ball a little bit longer. He moved it on fairly quickly, but, I mean, he's probably trying to time those leads. Realistically, three tools down the line. Levi Casbo, one of the best sets of hands in the competition. Harry Mackay the same you know if not better and you've got your ruckman there you shouldn't be yeah. that marked no way so it was a three on two marking contest and we had Titnet, Mackay and Casbolt and we get out marked by Jonas at the back the repl- it? it was and that's a that's a weird thing about w- watching it again because they just didn't read the ball in the air at all they were completely underneath the ball and Jonas took a, a pretty easy mark and at, it's their teammates the so they should be able to read it better yeah it was, a, it was a really day out. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be blaming Gibbons as such. I think it's I think there should have been more of an effort to probably get that ball over the over the line or you know have a bit you know have a bit more of a crack at marking because they were nowhere near it. Yeah. And as a result, we you know we got turned over with you know 50 seconds to go and and Gray kicks a goal after the siren. So yeah, luck and skill you know, the, the went their way like, to set that up. Yeah, bit the game wasn't wasn't one or lost there. Um, I know you aren't huge on players kicking backwards yeah well, I just think it invites a bit off. more pressure you know, yeah if and, there was a and they were on top on, of us weren't they yeah absolutely they were but I mean you kick it backwards you might concede 20 metres you're all of a sudden their back line you'll chew up a bit of time but the umps are going to get the ball moving pretty quickly and if you don't have any other options you're probably further away from the boundary as it is so look it's a tricky one that, like, there's probably no right answer there I was just very disappointed with the tools down the line how you don't put that ball out or at least neutralise it and put it to ground, which yeah, is what had, was, what, that was a set play. That was what was meant to happen. Had one of the tools taken a mark, or the ball went over the boundary line, and we ended up hanging on, winning that game. You know, you'd be saying Gibbons is 100 percent correct in that decision. It was just really unfortunate that we got outmarked in a situation where we normally wouldn't, and it just that, that was the costly turnover. There were three scenarios that would have been in our favour there, as we said: punch the ball over the line bring a defeat or take a mark yourself what happened was the one that worked against us so it was yeah a, and in those those last few minutes they were they were winning a lot of the a lot of the ball um i think we'll, they had a lot of opportunities to score in that last quarter and missed some real gimmies so they had momentum it was a real shame that we couldn't just hang on for a bit longer but but that's footy all right some other observations of the game we'll move on to that yeah what did Thoughts you have that, i thought port which is very classy around the clearances and they managed to get the ball moving very you know quickly but very easily and that helps set them up and especially with a free-flowing game I just thought their hands in the clearances were much better than ours and just set them out the back and gave them far more opportunities so I guess I'm giving them a compliment and saying I think they're a good team you know, I've heard the discussion that they're not the best team 
in the AFL. They might not be, but probably at the time, which is, you know, round seven, they're probably the best performing team and probably the team you don't want to play against. I mean, there are better teams potentially, but aren't in the same form that Port are. Yeah, that's right. And it's not always the uh, best team that wins the premiership, is it? The most talented, you look at teams that just get on a good roll and and Port is playing really good footy and have only dropped one game for the year. So they're the informed team to beat, no doubt about it. I had some observations in the third quarter and I was about to throw the remote at the television because we just kept committing <laughs> the same uh, yep. same mistakes or we, we went to the well and expected a different result. Forward entries into the our, well, our forward 50 and the ease at which Port Adelaide were able to you know run it out, kick it out and rebound. Yeah, it's an, it's an issue, isn't it? Our forward did you pressure. notice that yourself? I mean, we watched the I game did, separately. I did notice that, which I find, because um, I was thinking about that during the game and and I know McGovern you know, tries to put on a lot of pressure and so does Betts but Port Adelaide were just just moving the ball so well and I think that's why they're such a good team so it was actually quite noticeable though you're right it was frustrating because we were on top of them we, was, we weren't getting any reward for that we were kicking it in and it came to ground and just very quickly out and we just kept doing the same thing and we should have really you know, put on a couple of goals more than we did in that third quarter which might have changed yeah. the whole dynamics of the game. Speaking of throwing the remote, I know you were pretty furious about the umpiring in the last quarter. Yeah, not just the last quarter, but yep. Yeah, but I mean, the last quarter was the nail in the coffin, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we don't want to talk about them. We say this every week, but I think it's becoming a bit of a league-wide observation. So it's yeah. not just Carlton supporters. I think it's every supporter. And they haven't had a good couple of weeks. So I'm not afraid Watching to... the Adelaide St Kilda game last night was... Was Unbelievable, bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's not specific to Carlton or Carlton games. It seems across the league. I think football supporters in general are just confused, and all they want is consistency, and they're not getting that. So, yeah, there were some interesting decisions. Obviously, we're not going to say that cost us the game, but we do have yeah. you know an obligation to call it out if we see it. I think. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's our a prerogative, lot of isn't support- it? And a lot of neutral supporters, I thought, um, were quite surprised at some of the decisions in the last quarter. Yeah, Grant Thomas wasn't very happy. Yeah. And I wouldn't say he's yeah, a big Carlton man. No. So it's good to uh, good to see that, you know, it just kind of legitimises uh, your opinions a little bit, doesn't it, sometimes when you worry that you've just got the... Uh, the one-eyed. The one-eyed support. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. we talk about... But let's not talk about them any longer, but they're doing my head yeah. in. And we're not going to clip them and we're not going to uh, bring them up in Bradley Pitt. No. Yep. No, we'll leave them alone. Leave it there. We'll leave, you leave them alone this week. Yeah, I'm a bit so harsher we saw than you are. Charlie Dixon obviously was very, very good on Sunday. Probably could have ended up with, a, with five goals easily. I think a lot of Carlton supporters at some point were thinking, do we take Jones off and put Weedering on Dixon? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. Again, it's another one that's divided the Carlton fans and I think we've got plenty of questions from this game so you know from a podcast point of view it's interesting keeping Jones on Dixon I wasn't against it the move was obviously there it was highlighted by the commentary as well you know reasonably early on but you've got to think of what the sacrifice is all the consequences of making a move like that and Weedering was playing exceptionally well toweling up Westhoff and getting those intercept marks so he was thwarting you know, their forward entries and playing a very significant role. It wasn't like he was being exposed as well. He wasn't giving us that drive. 
So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Do you do it? Do you not? I reckon it's probably 50-50. Don't want to sit on the fence. But um, I'm not against the move to keep Jones there and to back him in and to help his confidence. Yeah, and there were a few times later in the game where he won a couple of good contests against Dixon. I would have... I personally commented during the game that I, I wanted to see the change because like, he just looked so dangerous. And it, you don't necessarily have to put Weedering onto him. I think Weedering... From last week's podcast when we previewed the game, I assumed that Weedering would go to, to Dixon. That's what I think yeah. would be the, the natural line, uh, natural matchup. What about throwing someone like Levi, who wasn't having a great game, probably a bit down in confidence after uh, missing missing that easy goal? Yeah. What about throwing him back on Dixon? Someone yeah. who's a bigger size can can really the one on one contest would probably be a lot. He's, a, he's probably a lot stronger than or he's a lot stronger than Jones. Would you think about that kind of move, and therefore you, you're not you're not interfering with Weedering's game? I wasn't thinking that at the time, but in hindsight, it's certainly an option to do. I was thinking sort of Weedering or nothing, but absolutely, Casbolt could have gone on him. I guess it just depends on how that disrupts the rest of the team. Where it you does, play and, Jones. It, and, it, and it would disrupt the team, wouldn't it? And I think that's the issue. You 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 know taking a forward down back. You know what's the compromise there? What's Jones's role then? Well, how many... Port Adelaide had three tools essentially playing. Yeah, so they had Marshall, Westhoff, and Dixon. Dixon. Who played on Marshall? I'm not sure who played on Marshall. It's weird, isn't it? I can't recall. I know Weedering maybe played a a bit on him as well. It was really hard to tell, but Westhoff did nothing for the game. Yeah, and I think in the past he's played pretty well against us. So that's a win, and Weedering provided drive. Look, no. I think Jones has got enough runs on the board that you back him, and it's nothing against Jones, and, and I really think Dixon's a, a super talent, but he just looks so on, didn't he? Oh, he was a massive. And you, and you got to and you got to worry about that when players are looking like that. It was ominous. Um, you know, it's all all well and good to, you know, I think Dixon's well respected across the league as being one of the better power forwards at the moment, and you know, I'd back him. I'd back Jones in against him if it's not going to work out. I think you need to make the change and, and I think probably the only thing that, that kept him on for a lot longer or kept him on was that Dixon wasn't hurting us on the scoreboard as much yeah. during the first half of the uh, half of the game or he didn't hurt us enough during the whole game and when we're talking about players here you can change your structure as well and we know the yeah. football's evolved the one-on-ones just aren't there you don't have your Silvani versus Lockett or Carey battles for the whole game and you used yep. to drag a player as a real insult back then, but it was done quite frequently. And it was one-on-one, and you could tell who had the better of the battle. It's all team defense now. You know, Half the time, it's a zone or a soft zone with you know, some one-on-one. But there's the yep. other op- option too, rather than just doing a, a man-for-man swap. That you start thinking about you know, putting somebody, blocking that hole. And yep. I know Doherty played the loose man, but it was a sweeper role rather than you know, sort of that drop in the hole and block the space yeah that's true that's very true um, SPS how did you find his game particularly in the last quarter I thought he was pretty quiet for the first half but that last quarter he was on fire and just silky isn't he clean, really trust him silky. with ball in hand yep and he's smart so you know the and they moved him to the midfield or he got more midfield minutes and he repaid the faith and you know could have been the difference in the end if we had have held on to some of his like uh, cleanliness but uh yep. we need more of that samo then how do we get it 
Yeah, you know, I th- is it him? I don't think is he's him switching no, on th- and not playing a f- you know four quarters, or is well, he, it him he not does, getting the opportunity? He does come across as you know he's not he can be a little bit laconic at times, a bit like Setterfield. I think that's just his natural kind of game. That's we didn't get him as a a frenzied kind of footy player. He's, he's a skillful ball user. He's very smart. I just don't think we're playing him at the right position. I'd like to see him, and we said this last week. I'd like to see him in the midfield. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's accountable enough at this stage. I, I just don't think he's accountable enough as a as a defender. I love the idea that he can set us up across that back half, but I'd like to see that more in the midfield. Oh, so yeah, setting us up in the forward line even better. Yeah, goals are well, harder I mean, to come by, option. surely. Yeah, and but, uh, so I just think I think you know he's he's probably filling a role for Newman at the moment, but I, I'd just like to. We got him at a, as a high draft pick, and and he's well loved at the club and well thought of. So I, I, we need to start playing him through the midfield. Or you're right, I I prefer him to see him forward rather than than back. All I know is we get that last quarter over three quarters. Carlton is instantly a far better team, far better. Yeah. And he's one of those players that we always talk about. Who's you know we see how good he can be, and it can be frustrating because we don't get it, you know, every week. But once he starts playing and getting some, some more consistency and, and showing that, that last quarter, that's how we're going to go up the ladder. Yeah, we just need more of that good Samo, a whole lot more of it. So next one I wanted to touch on, Chris, was Sam Walsh. And it was a, it's a great game for Walsh to play against Connor Rosie because there's obviously been a lot of stuff in the media, mainly from from Corns about how he took the wrong draft pick and, and Gary Lyon also had his, his two cents... Had, yeah, so does he? Do you think he uh, proved his doubt as well? Yeah, I think he did, and I think it was an important game. And to think that he wasn't thinking about Kane Corns at all would be wrong. I know deep down yeah. you can't help it as a ultra competitive, you know, AFL footballer. But yeah. to think of that, and you can try to avoid the media, but it'll have got back to him. He'll know. He'll be very aware, and I think that it helped him raise his output. And I think it presented a challenge. So in a way, thank you, Kane, because imagine we had have won that one, and he put in the game he did. We could have yeah. rubbed it right in. So and it was I'm, great. And it was great to see him do that against Rosie. And Rosie had a pretty quiet game. I know he probably had a bit of a, a bit of an ankle injury there, but he's had a he couple was, of quiet games before this one. He has. Too. So I think that was that mark that Walsh took. Incredible. As incredible as it was, something kind of struck me after that mark that. The commentators were saying, well, that's not, some, not something that we've ever seen. Or we didn't know we, he had that kind of element to his game, which I kind of reeks to me that they don't watch enough footy of Sam yeah. Walsh because Sam Walsh is a gut runner and he's a courageous, you know, hard hard player. Yeah, so we've never seen, them him back, to be, never seen him back yeah. down. So for them to, to make... They really made a, a point of it to say that they didn't think he was that kind of player, which I know that wasn't meant to be derogatory or anything but I just think that you know that's exactly what you expect from Sam Walsh that didn't surprise me one bit that he backed into that pack no he got the opportunity that was the only difference that it was there but he'd have done that the end of last year middle of last year's first game presented I don't think you you could never say that uh, Sam Walsh has shirked a contest and you know quite the opposite he he goes in harder than than a lot of players so especially for someone of that of that frame to be backing into that pack it takes a, a lot of guts you think the commentators might have seen a bit more vision of him, seeing as he was the number one pick. But let's let's yeah. move it on from there and talk. Right. He had the mark and he kicked the two goals, and it was a brilliant bounce back. 
it was great. Yeah, he he's had a bit of a quiet year this year. He obviously had an amazing year last year, but that's exactly what we want from from Walsh and kicking the two goals. That won't uh, that won't hurt his confidence. And did he prove his doubters wrong? Which is your question originally, Kane Corns? What yeah. do you think he's thinking now? Oh, Corns! I don't care what Corns thinks, but what about he uh, probably? He won't be changing his his mind. I know Corns, but oh, I think he does prove that. Well, I've, I've never kind of subscribed to that. I know there are some, you know, Carlton fans, you know, a couple of you know our fans of um, friends of the show who thought we, you know, should have taken Bailey. Yeah, uh, BB Blueser. EB Blueser. He reckons yep. we should have taken uh, Bailey Smith over Walsh. Obviously, there's been that massive debate about about Rosie, and it perfect that this article came out last week, or an article on SCN, or whether or not Gary Lyon said it in his in his morning Spit show. But out. he so he re, redrafted the 2018 draft and put Walsh number six on that list of ten. Number six. Yeah, last so he had, year's he, rising star winner. Broke yep. all records, the most disposals of a first-year player of all time. Considered once-in-a-generation player by anybody he watched football last year. And yep. he's put him number six, has he? Yeah, and he put he put Connor Rosie number one. He had Bailey Smith ahead of Walsh. He had Isaac Rankin, who had only played one game. So uh, the, my point is... He didn't throw in Clayton Oliver, kind of did he? Because he loves to do that. <laughs> I just think that you're right. Walsh is the kind of bloke that that would just spur him on and it maybe came at a good time and I think he's he's a clear number one draft pick for me I know Rosie and a lot of, and Bailey Smith will be great players and uh, but I think that's exactly what Carl, but it's exactly what Carlton needed yep yep so we I'm, I'm I haven't deviated from that opinion and I'm, I'm glad we took him at number one yeah, and have this discussion maybe in 10 to 15 years time who was the best yeah. after their careers but just enjoy them, celebrate them. It is a bumper crop of footballers. Yeah, and they all exactly bring their right. own strengths and excitement. Yeah. You know, I think that if Walsh can kind of elevate his game from last year and, and kick these goals and, and do some of the things he did on Sunday, then, yeah, he's going to be a really, really special player. Yeah, it was nice seeing him kick two goals. It was. And take a hanger. All right, Andy, any stats from the game that stood out to you? Because you are the stat man. Uh, look, I haven't had a... You, know what, you really haven't mentioned stats me. to me, so... No, I know, nothing's jumped out. Do you know one, actually, do you know one thing that jumped out at me? Because I go on a bit about Carlton, we kick a lot more than we handball compared to other teams. Yeah, that's our game style this year anyway. That's our game styles. Yeah, that's correct. So, interestingly, we had 60 less handballs and kicks this week, which is the exact same amount that Port had. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. So it just shows that we, we did have the the handball was a greater part of the game than it has been in previous weeks. Did you notice any change in our game style? Well, I mean, looking at it, it was very open, especially that first quarter. I mean, three yep. goals against us, they were on fire. We didn't get our hands on it. But once we did, the uh, goals we set up were a little different to what we normally do. They were against play and they were on the rebound. And I guess a couple, you know, the vision of Cunningham running up the wing and delivering it into the forward 50 after he got out the back of a, a pack through hands. So it doesn't surprise me so much seeing that, you know, even though it wasn't that high scoring a game, it was quite open, which is a bit more conducive yeah. to that rather than the stop start, you know, chip here, chip there, slow it down, get players ahead of the ball. So in a way, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah, that's more looking back uh, retrospectively. 
Oh, look, that's that's the main kind of thing I I got from the, the stats were I think pretty even across the board. Again, we were beaten in in inside fifties, which we kind of have been for the last few weeks, but we're still getting those. We're still staying in the game because we're we're getting the goals, and and I think we we obviously kicked a bit more accurately than than Port, believe it or not, even after Levi's. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a momentum <laughs> killer, isn't it? How many Can't people? That. How many people around the country, Carlton supporters? thought it's Levi of old yeah I put it this way you wouldn't have wanted the beer on the lips as he was kicking that one because <laughs> it would have been he would have sprayed no. it worse than he did he's just, just he's kind of like Mackay in that he's he's just better when he's further out yeah Mackay's great and Mackay's great on the run we saw that great goal from Mackay running in uh, into the open 50 after he took that great mark but there's something about modern day footballers struggling to kick you know, within 20 metres of the goals. And we saw that with Dixon and we saw that with uh, Marshall. Yep. Yeah, so it's... It was the yeah, worst spot for the... Levi Casbolt to take a it mark. Was, yeah. The worst he spot kicked, on the ground. He, he kicked the ball so hard, I was sure the post was going to snap. Yeah. And he hit just just the tip of it, so... He kicked it, he kicked anyway. it hard and he kicked it high. Yeah. I understand, you know, there's kicking through the ball and making sure you don't just sort of chip it through. And, you know, you follow your regular routine, but... Yeah. You don't have to kick it like he's 70 metres out, do you, when you're 15? Yeah, but maybe the thing for Levi is he, he's got that he's got that run-up. It's it's all set, so he doesn't want to deviate too much from it. So just keep it consistent all the time, and, and maybe that's maybe that's where it went wrong. But um, before we get to clip and clap, Chris, yep. and I think we've kind, of, we've kind of discussed it, but I don't know if you've given me much of an answer about it. Do we, do we have an issue closing games? Yeah, you touched on and that. Wi- and, we... and winning these close games, I should say. Absolutely. Absolutely, we do. I mean, what have we, we've had four close games now, and I yep. don't think we've shown any real composure at the end of the game in any of them. Yeah, sure, we walk no. away and we're two and two, but um, geez, we've fallen over the line in the ones we have won, and we've been disappointing in the ones we lost. So I think all four of them we've lacked any sort of composure. And you look back at the Geelong game; they ran over all over the top of us, and we were lucky to win that in a way because they had a lot of chances at the end. Port did the same yep. thing. They uh, you know, ran all over us. They could have, you know, sealed the game minutes earlier than what they actually did. That way, even Melbourne, when we were running over the top of the end, we uh, we halted and we froze and we let Petrarca kick that goal to to steal the momentum from nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll answer your question. And I do. I think we just lacked a killer instinct. Yeah, how do I, you get that? I, I'm not. It's it is the million dollar question. It, it comes down to experience and. You know, I think we've we have said. I feel like we we repeat ourselves a lot, but unfortunately, it's 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 the same kind of scenario that comes up nearly every week. Just a pattern. But uh, we don't we don't have a lot of players on our list that are from a winning culture. Our most experienced player in in Cade Simpson, unfortunately, hasn't seen a lot of success, and and I think it's hard to kind of to win those games when you don't have a few experienced heads on the ground that can maybe call for a bit of calm. And you're right, I think. Had the Essendon game and the Geelong game gone for another five minutes, I think we think we might have lost. And those games should have been closed out, you know, yeah. the first minutes of the fourth quarter. We shouldn't have even been in those positions. So, I think it's something that we will just just hope we learn. We, we hope get, we learn. We'll, we'll learn, but have we, we though? We, but th- we haven't because we keep doing it. But we, you need you do need to win. You can't just learn, learn, learn to to lose. You need to to win those and hold those games off. That's how you kind of kind of how you build that culture so it was just a massive game on the weekend 
for us to win that. And, and we've had some, we, at the end of the day, we have had close games this year that we've won, but we just didn't look anywhere near it, I thought, for the last kind of six to seven minutes against Port. We just were just trying to hang on and we're just getting kept in the game by them. I would prefer to see Dixon kick that goal and then I think we would have had a chance of winning rather than, you know what I mean? That might have been the earlier, that one rallied. of the earlier ones. Yeah, it would have rallied us up you, a bit more. And then you open yeah. up a bit. You're not so anxious, feel, you're not so nervous. And I feel we have no, we're better when we're, from, when we're behind. But one great thing that I did notice in the game that we haven't been able to do is Port absolutely jumped us in the first quarter. And, and we said last week the, the most important thing we can do is keep intensity up and, and jump out of the gates, be ready. Port jumped us and it looked like it was going to be a, one of those games that we've, we've all experienced. But to Carlton's credit, we came back and kicked the next four. And I think that's something that we wouldn't have done in uh in the older days so yeah i think maybe we are learning and maybe we're just gonna have to take that as a big win and hope that everything will follow naturally that's a good point and you know not too many people have touched on that we did go three goals down very quickly it looked terrible didn't it yeah unbelievable but and we haven't bounced back previously like that and we did we stemmed the tide and that probably is a demonstration of growth so maybe they're the wins we're looking for that you know that yeah. demonstration that they are learning and they have that ability. So that's a great point you've picked up. Well, I just think that the old Carlton, as we know, they would have been down and they would have taken the game to come back. But we just we said no, nah, and we went bang, 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 kicked the four goals, and we're back in it within the first quarter. Didn't have to spend the whole game coming back. So I think that that is a big win for Carlton. Jesus, that was exciting, wasn't it? It was it a was. cracking game overall, especially that first quarter. Oh, look, as a neutral supporter, that that's a great game to watch because it was, especially that first quarter, that was that was really good footy. Chris, let's get on to clip and clap. Are we calling it clip and clap or clip or clap? I said, what did I say? Clip you or said clap? and, I think. Did I? Although last time I tried to pick you up on something, last time you, you picked correct. me up, and then yeah. we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll you admit said, it. I'll own it. Right. I'm pretty sure you said clap though. Clip or clap? Yeah. Yeah, clip or clap. Yep. Okay, I might have said it. I won't. Yeah, I won't. Uh, we'll check I won't the tapes. Oh, don't worry. I'll be checking the tapes I'll be very, as soon as it comes out. I'll yeah. be very disappointed if I'm wrong two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have a spell. Too, don't worry. Yeah, I'll, I'll be making it very clear next next podcast <laughs> if you're wrong on that. Um, okay, I'll give you a player. Clip them or clap them. Yep. Jacob Weedering. Clap. Great game. Solid. The fact that we're talking about moving him on to Dixon shows how good he yep. is and he could have been the game winner there he could have contributed you know a whole lot to the game by not playing on him and what he did anyway so big clap good clap for me uh sam walsh clap as we've discussed clap. as discussed levi casbolt clip he's uh he's had a couple of down weeks now at least two or so this season i think he didn't provide much up forward and as we mentioned was you know a big part of potentially losing the game or allowing Port Adelaide to win it so and that big miss it's a momentum zapper it kills you it happens every week you you miss an easy shot it goes down the other end and it just it changed the tide of the game we're in control I think it would have put us up it would have put us up by about nine points I think if Levi kicked that second goal and we're playing with a whole lot of confidence and all of a sudden that just disappeared and they got on a roll so no that that one that one hurt yeah click to me as well Mitch Mitch McGovern clap he's uh he's a good he's a good footballer and we're starting to see more and more of that he's smart still wanting to do more than what he does you know over the four quarters but it's a clap for me yeah i'll give him a clip i thought it wasn't his worst game but 
I want more out of McGovern. Didn't didn't have a shot on goal, and you kind of need that when you're a forward. Set up Sam Doherty, he did. No, look, I thought McGovern was all right, but I just want a bit more from McGovern. And I think last week he was really good, and, and I wanted that form to carry over like Harry Mackay. So I'm going to be a bit different and give him a, a clip, or else we're going to sound pretty boring. Sam like Doherty. I'll give him a clap, but um, yep. it wasn't one of his better games for the year, but still pretty solid. Yep, I'll give him a... Yeah, I'll give him a clap. Uh, Mick Gibbons. Clap. I thought it was a really good game from him. And he's had yeah. a few weeks now where he's been up and about and he's definitely injected something to the team. And I'm, yeah, pretty impressed with Mick Gibbons at he, the moment. So He's not to the extent of Kerno, but it's almost getting that kind of... You just clap him now because he's just doing the same thing every week. He's not, you know, he's, he's not getting best on ground, but he's, he's doing enough. He's kicking goals... He's a clap for me. He's Liam Jones. footballer. And he that's what I want to see. And we need that. Mind you, he does get clipped a little bit by supporters, which is a bit strange in some games. Look, I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was awesome last year, but I think this year he's um, he's turned the corner. And, yeah. geez, if you, I, I don't, I personally don't understand how Gibbons is our, is our whipping boy. Yeah. I wasn't sold on him last year, even for the very early start of this year, but I'm starting to become a real believer. Yeah, look, like I said, the turnover was uh, sorry, the turnover, the turnaround for me was was that Fremantle practice match earlier this year when I just really saw something, and I think he's really starting to show. You know, while we got him to the club, so I'll give him a clap. Liam Jones, tough one, this one. Mm-hmm. He was beaten, but he still did a lot of good things. Even a few of his disposals and you know links in the chain, he uh, turned inside and couple of risky kicks that paid off though so yep i'm gonna be sitting on the fence with this one charlie dixon is a very good forward when he's uh up and about and that confidence is there he's a big man yep. he can jump you know what i mean tough opponent to play on especially if you're yep. one out won a couple of them i'm gonna give him the slightest of claps okay i'm gonna give him a clip i love liam jones dixon essentially had seven shots on goal i thought he was beaten i don't think there's an issue with being beaten by someone like Dixon who was in that kind of form but he was beaten by his direct opponent so he gets a clip Harry Mackay clap I thought he was pretty good yep. to very good when he three, three goals last week and three goals this week yeah and a couple of those goals were pretty special as well so he presented yep. well he was the most dangerous forward jeez I just wish the umpires would give him a little bit of help because I think what he's zero freeze four four against and a couple of those were very dubious so his day might have looked a bit better without that but big clap for me yeah I'll give him a clap Lockie Plowman very confidently I can give him a clap yep. we're usually yeah, not I, quite sure I thought he had a great game I don't know game. how people said he had a bad game I thought he was really good look I think that's he was he, he beat Gray most of the game yep simple as that last quarter he gave up you know two shots on goal that last one I'll still defend him you know what I mean? When there's yep. open space and Robbie Gray got a paddock, he's quick. And the pass was laced out perfect. So I'm not blaming him for that. And I thought he had a great game. Kept Gray pretty quiet and actually rebounded. Set up a lot of our forward thrusts. So best game I think I've seen Lockie Plowman play. And I'm happy to say that I can give him a very confident clap rather than being yeah. a bit unsure. No, it's good. I, I, thought he, I thought it was probably the better game I've seen by Plowman this year. But he is... <laughs> he's very hard to kind of sometimes notice but I thought I've been making a concerted effort to watch him more in the last couple of weeks and I thought 
some of the one-on-ones against Gray, he won. He was, yeah, really unlucky in that last quarter. You can't help that. Um, I'll give him a clap. Kate Simpson. I'll give him a slight clip. And we've sort of discussed him a little bit. He just seems to yep. be a bit below what our expectations. It's very hard to clip the veteran, the champ. But, um, yeah, I just don't have the same confidence as I have previously. He's always been prone to making an error or two, but... I really sort of cringe, and especially he keeps getting caught on the right-hand side, having to use that right foot, and no one yep. wants to see that. All right, so a clip from you. I'll give, him, I'll give him a slight clip. Um, Ed Kerno. Clap. I love yeah. Ed. Same old Kerno. Say it every week, yep. Let's keep it at that. Yep. Great game. Jack Noons. I'll give him a slight slight clip. I've been yeah, he's too a clip. clap. He's a clip. I've been too clap. Happy. You have um, been. Great goal as we're accustomed to now he seems to do that each week but uh, he doesn't provide a huge amount not that we can see on the television anyway maybe yep. he's doing stuff off the screen um, giving massages and just not sure like carrying yeah. the water Look, he, out I said I he wasn't earlier, bad he, 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 he needs to kick good. a goal a game doesn't he and he's been doing that it's not terrible but no. I mean do you know what there's other players that are that are on our reserves um that aren't playing that I think should be playing ahead of him it's as simple as that so we'll get to that about who comes in next week yeah. but I, I think Noon's you know you know, it's good to have him kind of on that list because he's he's just someone who could probably just come in and you know do his little bit he's not going to be a world beater but there are other other players I want to see ahead of him Tom Williamson I'll give him a clip yep. I thought he was down I mean he did roll his ankle again but that was after he'd uh, been buried in the turf after calling for the ball Oh, it was, oh. I think it was after Walsh's mark, wasn't after it? After Walsh's mark, yeah. Call for, don't call for the ball if you've got traffic ahead of you. No. Um, you know, that was a big moment as well. He's been a bit down. He wasn't terrible at all, and I'm happy to keep playing him because he needs the experience, and whilst he's got the uh, continuity of his body, let him play. But yeah, there's a little bit of a clip, and I've just got one little concern about him, and that's this, how good he is overhead. I've just got a little bit of a feeling that took, he's more of he a ground player. nice one. In the third. He definitely took one, but there were a couple of occasions where he just didn't look like he was going to get anywhere near the flight of the ball and was going to pose no threat. So, look, I hope that was just the one game, but I'll be uh, paying close attention just to see because I don't want that to be a a big weakness and just be a ground player. All righty. Did I give one there? No. I'll give him a clip. I'll give him a a clip. I I like that he's excited. Like, you know, he tries to take it on. That was just a bad call, but... Um, I'll give him a clip because I want more from Tommy Williamson. Jack Martin. Clap. Another great game from him. Just love seeing yeah. him in the navy blue. Yeah, he, he does the right things. Yeah, I don't think it was his best game by any stretch, but um, that was a great goal, and I just like him around the ball a lot. The next one, Mark Murphy. Um, Tricky one. I'll give him a, yeah. a slight clip. I've usually yep. heard on the caution of clap when I've been a bit on the fence, but uh, I'll clip this week. Yeah. I agree with you there. Just want a bit more, don't we? Yeah. And look, he laid a nice tackle in that fourth quarter, but... uh, Yeah, that was great. There's something wrong with his shoulder. I've I've read it before, and he can't really tackle. And since I read the comment, I look at him and just go, no, he does have an inability, but it was nice to see him lay. Yeah. One where he didn't have to extend the arm too far to do it, but not enough... good tackle. Not enough offense from him to justify sort of the lack of defense. Yep. All right, that's fair enough. Will Setterfield. Clap. I thought he had a good game, and he's just growing very nicely. 
He, um, yep. I think he had six tackles to half time, and we had a quick chat during the break. Yeah. Was, I was yep. pretty impressed with that, and he pretty much just continued that one. So, yeah, another good game from him. He was building nicely, and we're finally seeing it. I think he's, it. yeah, 10 tackles is great. Um, you're right. He, he's just one of those players that I think he's going to get better each week. And, you know, I think people have been hard on him earlier this year. And I, to be honest, I was one of them because I, I had really high hopes for Will Setterfield. I was a little bit concerned about potentially his sense of urgency. But, again, there are certain players and there are characteristics of players that you sometimes have to accept. And, I mean, he, he's he's putting in the in the pressure to be tackling 10 times and, and he's extracting the ball well. So... Hopefully, we can see a bit more from, from Setterfield there. I reckon we've unfairly uh, gone one year early on him. I think we have to. Yeah, last year was a write-off, wasn't it? That yeah, was just about think, getting games into it. I think we thought this year would be the year he'd uh, really make a stand or a stance, yep. whereas I reckon it'll be next year. We just jumped That's a really good. tad. That's a really good point. I like that, Chris. Um, Eddie Betts. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give him a slight clip. Amazing yep. goal, that first one. And I was, Amazing mark. I wanted more. Yeah, amazing mark, amazing goal. And 300 goals for Carlton, which makes and him now the third person with Buddy Franklin and, and Lockett, Lockett to, kick th- to kick 300 at two separate clubs. So yeah. congratulations, Eddie. Congratulations, incredible. But yeah, this game, I wanted a bit more for him. He went quiet. What about your All thoughts? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm clipping him. He just... It's one of those hard to clip, though, he, isn't he? Just because, you know, there were five favourite moments of the game and he was in two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 so hard, but then you know at the end of the day we didn't do a lot um, with the, with our forwards and well not with our small forwards anyway. I thought um, Betts had an off game. Um, Kennedy, I'll give him a clip. He got a clap last week, but um, yep. he just turns it over too much. He's just not quite polished enough in dry conditions, and it stood out last week. The wet might have really helped him. And maybe we've seen him. Maybe he's a horses for courses kind of footballer. Maybe he was a bit down, but it's a clip for me. Clip for me as well. Is Kennedy one of those players, Arla and Nick Graham, you know, that kind of player where he's a real accumulator in the in the seconds, but maybe the game's just a little bit too quick for him in the first? I hope that's not the case because I thought he was tremendous last week. But like you said, it, it was a wetter game and he really thrives on that. And Do you yeah. have any concerns about Kennedy? Yeah, I mean, that's been a consistent sort of knock or potential weakness from him. And, you know, it sounds like he's been working hard on that. But uh, when you're just a little bit off on pace, it changes the way you play because you don't have yeah. that extra time. You don't have the time to compose yourself and to, you know, properly finish off a kick. You get the pressure before you otherwise would. So VFL level, you're good to go because they just don't quite get you. But um, AFL level, it might just be one of those things he's just a very good footballer smart football yep. brain you know he finishes well in front of goal but whether he's just lacking that yard of pace i was watching the st kilda, st. Mind kilda you, they game the same last thing about greg williams didn't they yeah they did. but i'm not they sure did. he's a greg williams no i don't think there are too many like that but um i was watching the st kilda adelaide game last night and there was a, a first gamer for st kilda and he yep. got and he got caught um, in a tackle and Jonathan Brown said the same thing that you know it's this is AFL now like you don't you just don't get that that second that you normally would maybe in reserves or under 18s it's just that much quicker and you're right if that alters how his natural game is it just then, puts more pressure on him he knows yeah 
because his disposal was it was very ordinary on the weekend. So, yep. Clip for me. Um, let's move it on. Pitnet. Big clip. It's uh his worst game in navy Shocking. blue. Let's just hope it yep. was one to forget for him anyway, and he'll learn because he was well outplayed. Laddams looked like a superstar. I think he had 21, 22 disposals. And I think Pitnet yeah. maybe only had you know the three, and three he wasn't. Bit. Yeah, he wasn't winning the hitouts or the clearances enough to justify that. So Laddams looked like no. a midfielder, and we called it earlier yeah. too. He had probably yeah, six he... disposals within the first five ten minutes. Of I'm the not game. sure. I mean, when you hear that Lysette's going to be out for Port Adelaide, you're pretty happy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what uh, if he's. I don't know what's what's happened, but he had a terrible game. He's he's a massive clip for me. Um, very disappointed in the pit net because I'm a big fan. Uh, Bounce back, big pit. Come on, big pit. Pit nay. Patrick Cripps. I'm going to give him a little clap. I know he's down. He's certainly not the same player he has been. I think physically there are some issues. I mean, we know he hurt his shoulder last week, but whether it's a knee on top of, it just looks like he's wounded, which he probably has yep. for half his career because he just gets battered and we don't support him. But he looked like he didn't want to kick the football for most of the game and didn't have a huge influence around the game until sort of that last quarter. And then you look at him and you go, he's having a down game. And you see him do some just ridiculous acts where he, he'll beat two players for the football, extract it off the ground, or he'll rip it out of their hands and set us up. So the stuff he yeah. did in close was as good as Patrick Cripps does. He just didn't have any sort of real outside game. Yeah, but no, I slight it's clap. still yeah. I'll, I'll give him the I'll give him a slight clap as well. I'm sorry, I don't want to follow what you're doing. I'm not doing that deliberately, but yeah, I thought his last quarter was all right, and you know he still had 21 or 22 disposals. They weren't all great, but you know he's I think six tackles, had a lot of handballs out. You know, it's not the Crips we expect, but it was still a good game. If that was anyone else, Dave Cunningham, I'll give him a clip. My boy for the year. He just, yep. It was a classic Cunningham game. First quarter, I was very excited. He set those two early goals up. You know, sprinting, getting at the back, sprinting along the wing, classy yep. uh, kicks. And I thought, here we go, Cunners. You're back to that Essendon form. We're going to get more. And then disappeared, really, for most of the game until that last kick on his left from 50, where he potentially could have kicked it to Levi instead. Yep. It just missed. That goes through. He's a hero. It didn't. And, yeah, he's getting a clip from me. Just needs yeah. more of it. Yeah, clip, clip from me as well. We want Dave Cunningham from Messenden back ASAP. SPS for the final one. My boy for the year. Yeah, I'm giving him a clap and pretty much basing that on the fourth quarter alone. So, as I said, I thought he was a bit quiet earlier on. But that last quarter, he came alive. And we just need more of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because... That last quarter was great, and SPS is my is my boy for the year. So I'm, I've got high hopes. I'll give him, I'll give him the tiniest clap, and it's really tiny. But he he was, his last it. quarter, looked, yeah, he needs to do a lot more. Um, I just, yeah, I've said where I think he should be playing. I don't think necessarily he's playing in the right spot at the moment. So hopefully a, a move and a, and a change, and and we get to utilise those full talents of, of SPS. All right. Clip or clap, done. All right, folks. Let's move it on and let's uh, try to be a bit punchy because it's been going yeah. for a while. Great material. Clip or clap. But... Um, with the clip or clap votes, who have you got? 
Uh, for votes, oh, it's a very good one. I've got sort of Plowman, Mackay, Walsh, Wiedering, Gibbons, Martin. I've got to narrow that down. You give us your three first. Uh, I'll go Wiedering, Plowman. For how many? Which way are you going? Oh, three down to one. Okay. Wiedering, three. Plowman, Walsh. No, no, right. sorry. Wiedering, Walsh, Plowman. Okay. I might go Walsh, Wiedering. Actually, Walsh, Plowman, Wiedering. Three, right. two, one. All right. So let's move it on. So we've got the reserves to game a... to discuss. Oh, the... but to... Oh, I... Yeah. To be honest, Do it sounds know... like every other reserves game we're getting at the moment. Honey's bobbing up and kicking three goals. You know, O'Brien's getting a little bit of it. Dow yep. had a good return. Silvani's injured his knee again. De Conning's finding form and he's better for the run. I don't think we're gleaning too much out of these games, so no, we'll skip on. All right, so what are we up to next, Chris? <laughs> we'll go through some other <laughs> thoughts. We'll just, All right, you know, other thoughts. I'll put this one down because we're three and four on the year, on the season 2021. And, yep. you know, are we in a good position? Are we not? It's hard to sort of determine exactly. We could have been two more wins, you know, ahead, possibly two less, but three and four. How does that compare to last year, Andy? Are we growing? So yeah, compared to last year, yes, there's been a big difference. So this time last year, after seven rounds, we were one win, six losses, uh, with only the win against, I believe, the Bulldogs in round four, five, I think it might have been, where we, we beat them quite convincingly. So when you look at it as a straight comparison from last year, well, we're, we're doing much better. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you look at it, you know, sort of black and white, clearly. And that's why I thought it was a good thing to throw in because you sometimes get caught up, you know, week to week, really, definitely in the season. But, you know, are we growing? Are we not? Well, one week we are, next week we're not. Compare it to last year. And last year we had some very close losses in games we probably yep. should have won. I'm thinking of that Sydney game when you uh, kicked your water bottle all over your lounge room. No, that um, was the Gold Coast game. Was the Gold Coast one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah correct. But, um, so we yeah. did. So there's a pattern there, but uh, three four is a far better situation than one six. Bit of a Jonathan. Um, yeah. So we're looking. So we're looking at who we played this year. So there are four out of the seven teams we played are in the top eight, with Bulldogs, Melbourne, and Essendon around us, basically. So the only team lower than us is Melbourne, and they. That one game, game less. Yeah, same as Essendon. Same as Essendon. So it kind of shows that we're not playing... We've still got a lot of teams that we could potentially beat. I think North Melbourne this week's going to be huge. But we haven't played Mugs, have we? So we're no, three we and four having played some reasonable teams for the 2021 season so far. Yep. Yeah, so, so we make... played, obviously, Geelong and, and Port Adelaide and Hawthorne that, uh, sorry, and uh, Richmond, who are in that top eight as well. So, yeah, so yeah, moving on from good... here... We're going to get plenty yep. of games against those below us on the ladder or they're going to yep. be outside the eight regardless and probably at a similar level. Yep. So we should have an easier run than what we've already had now based on that. Well, let's hope so. But $4.25 we'll to make the eight. Decent yep. bet or not? Do you take that? I'll take that bet. Four twenty-five. yeah. Four twenty-five seems to, yeah, a little I'll long. I'll be taking that bet. Yeah, I'll take that bet. We'll move on. And we've got Callum's got another question, and he's fast yep. becoming a silent member of the show. Really, he is. he's uh, providing some really good content for us to discuss. Yeah, so thanks, the... Callum. Appreciate it. So, do you want to read through yeah, through Twitter? He posed a question to us, and we've spent a little bit of time thinking about it. So, do you want to read it out? I uh, I think you've got it in front of you. 
Correct you are, Andy. I've got it here in front of me. From the unrestricted <laughs> free agents we have at the end mm-hmm. of the season, Cade Simpson, Levi, Murphy, Cruiser, Ed Kerno. Speaking hypothetically, which three would you extend and two would you leave out based on this season? And it's a hypothetical. So we have based to on this... three, have to yep. toss two. Pretty easy for me. I would... Well, the three old... Paul suggests otherwise. No, no, because you know what? I nearly did it the opposite way. I nearly was going to get rid of three. Okay. So I'd be keep, I'd be, I'd be keeping on Levi, Kerno. Oh, that's tough. Actually, that's a bit harder. Yeah. So Levi, Kerno, I'd extend. Yep. And, and you've got Cruz, I think it would, would, Simpson. Would have to, I think it would have Murphy. to be Simpson. Ooh. No, no. Or Murphy. No, sorry. It would be Ed Kerno, Levi, and Murphy, and leaving out Kay Simpson and Cruiser on this year only. I just think that obviously Levi's had a great year. Ed Kerno's just been the player that um, he always has been. Yep. And I think then Cruiser on this year, and well, this year he's done nothing. He's done nothing. And yeah. I think, and, you know, we're looking at our ruck stocks, which I think we're pretty happy with at the moment despite Pitnet's game. But then it's... So I think the the big question comes down to who's had a more influential season this year out of Cade, Simpson and, and Murphy. And I think Murphy's been slightly more important for us to, during this year. Yeah, look, I agree with everything you've said there. Uh, and moving forward, I'd probably be, probably be the same. I mean, Simpson, probably about time to hang them up. His, you know, his game yep. output's reducing a little bit. Cruiser, well, we just don't know what we're going to get. And I wouldn't sort yeah. of... Uh, you know, flick Levi, who can play a role, you know, role everywhere at his expense. So, yep, I like it. Good question, Callum. Very good question. But uh, yeah, on the show, because you know what? I was I was looking at that as two to keep and three to get rid of. Yeah, it makes it a bit different, doesn't it? And, and that would def. And if that was the question, it would definitely be keeping Levi and Ed Kerno. All right, moving on, Andy. What's giving you the Bradley Pitts this week? Bradley Pitts. So last week you spoke about the post game from the networks or lack of post game lack analysis. of their, lack there lack thereof game's done see you later even yeah. though it's Sunday night at 9.30 yeah that's your Bradley Pitt well my Bradley Pitt's similar and it's the no pre-game so we played a 105 game against Port Adelaide this week Sunday guess what time the coverage started <laughs> I don't have to guess I know one, one o'clock, o'clock. Yeah. one o'clock so five on minutes a Sunday. of pre-game what was the important show they had beforehand? They were playing a replay of the Sydney game the day before. Why is there no pre-game analysis? I seem to watch every other game and there's hours pre-game, post-game. I've got to put up with so much. Why isn't it? We're paying for Foxtel? Yeah, and paying for Foxtel five, five, five minutes. They're the out in the ground, weren't they? They're out in the, they're out in the ground. It's, it's really 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 gives me the Bradley Pitts and especially when we're paying for this extra service they're playing a game that doesn't matter no there's no excuse and geez I can't wait till Channel 7 and that start to play us a bit more because we do not get any a normal Channel 7 game a Friday night game there'd be about four hours of post game yeah you've got Brian Taylor in the rooms for an hour for God's sake and and pre-game you've got you've got at least 45 minutes it's ridiculous. I know after that goal, you turn your TV off very quickly, but I might upset you even more and say there was no post-game oh, on this one either. Me. No pre-game, no post-game. 
I don't so care about the post game. You're a Port Adelaide supporter, like though. You've really oh, missed something. Well, How, you want, why not? It's dedicated game, football you're channels. Se- you're selling the. You're selling the. You know, do people want to get excited? And you, then after the game, they want to be rewarded with, you know, what the coaches and said and the and the players and and everything. Just they literally are just giving us the football, aren't they? Yep. 15, 20 minutes. We're not asking for hours worth. No. But give us something. Let us watch the players run out onto the ground. Set the scene. Set the tone of the game. Build it up. Right. Yeah. Then analyze it. Not for hours. Give it half hour. But we're paying yeah. for this. It's ridiculous. And they're dedicated football channels. Hey, you, you know what? Fired me it's, fa- it's fast becoming your Bradley Pitt. You fired me right up. This is your best <laughs> Bradley Pitt ever. <laughs> All right, let's move on to. We've got a. The next game we've got is North Melbourne at the Gabba, Saturday at one ten. So Saturday game. game for us. So last the time consequences of losing this are very high. Well, just quickly, last time we played them, we got beaten by ten goals. Brown kicked four, and and Zerha kicked five. I hope Zerha doesn't come back. I hope yeah, he's still injured. Yeah, because you know what? Yep. I dislike him, but he's a very good player. He's a very good player, and Ben and Ben Brown's Brown down is, on um, form, which is good. He is. He is, so it'll be an interesting game. So who, who are we expecting to come back? Well, first of all, let's give it a name. Is it the Lindsay Smith Cup, that famous Ruckman that played, I think, one game at North Melbourne and headed over to Carlton and played three? Yep. Four games, two clubs? Or are we calling it the Mick Martin Cup? What about Dennis Pagan Cup? We could do that, but that's a little uh, serious. Okay, bit too, bit too on the nose. All right, yeah, um, we'll have a think Mick about Martin. it. Mick Martin. I like Mick that. Mick Martin Cup. Yep, absolutely. Who's going to win the Martin Medal? And also, it's 100 games for uh, Sam Doherty this week, which is a massive milestone in the con- you know, with the context of things. Yep, 100 games, Sam Doherty after missing what? Yeah, missing a lot of a lot of games. Um, so on the injury list, we'll quickly run through. So it's Dow, Marchbank, Silvani, and Williamson potentially. Yeah. So who do we think will come in this week, and is it time for a change? Yeah, well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think Fish is just hanging in the wings surely he's the type of player we need to bring in you know we talk about sort of Port Adelaide's class in close and their ability to get the handball out and to set you know their running game up I see Fisher as the type of player who can do that but as always if you're going to bring a player in who are you taking out and we've mentioned Kennedy Kennedy out you're going to bring in fast hands fast feet hopefully a little bit of speed yep do we do it I think we do I think we do, especially when we're playing up. Like we said, Kennedy's a bit of a, a wet weather specialist. It'd be interesting to see. Most likely we're going to get a, a pretty dry game, aren't we? I'd say so. But the problem is we'll never know about Kennedy. If we keep playing him like this, give him a couple, plays one good one, one average one, drop him. Then if you know three weeks out in the twos, comes yeah. back for one, we'll never know. And he, I think his contract expires in this year. Yeah, it's look, I'm actually more, I'm more inclined to drop Noon's Fisher rather than Kennedy. I think we should yeah. play Kennedy one more game. Yep. Um, Noons has had a crack all season. Hasn't hasn't set the world on fire. Kennedy has been great in the twos. He was great last week. He was poor against Port Adelaide. So let's give him another chance. Yeah, I don't dislike that. Yeah, Noons has had plenty of chances. Plenty of and chances. I want to know. I want to know if Kennedy can play. We're speculating at the AFL yep. top level and whether he's part of our future at all. We need to know that, so give him three games. One good, one and bad, think, and then we'll see with this yeah, one. Yeah, and I think the big thing, I've said that I think Carlton are one really good midfielder of being a much more complete team. Why not play these players? Noons isn't going to be 
an A grade midfielder. And you know, Kennedy probably isn't either. But yep. Kennedy's more of a chance to he plays that role, plays that more in and under and, and centre role. So play him as much as we can. Let's make that decision because you know if if he turns his season around and starts playing some great footy, we've seen players do it. If he's become a really good player, you know, it might kind of change what we need at the end of the year. I don't think it will. I think we we really do need an A grade midfielder, but I think we know what we can get from Noons. Yeah, you've turned me. You've turned me with that one. I mean, a lot of people had Kennedy best on last week. He plays yeah. an average game, and you're going to drop him. Let him play two average games in a row before you do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, reward him. He's been good in the twos, and he was great last week. So, I don't think you can drop him. All right, Andy. That probably wraps up the show. It's been a long yep. one, but a good one, hopefully. Yep. Happy, hopefully. Happy one year anniversary, not birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Um, we'll have to tell that story of our first episode another day. We don't have time <laughs> to embarrass quickly, ourselves. Who, quickly, who wins? I think Carlton has to. I think we do. Yeah. I think it'll we. Be, uh, uh, it'll be a very different type of podcast if we if we have a bad game. It'll be forlorn. Yeah. But um, we should get a win. But I don't have a huge amount of confidence. All right, Chris. All right, Andy. Until next week. We are. Yeah. Till then, we are the Blue Baggers. Yeah.